1: Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com, that's the letter R, then F-O-R-H dot com. And you'll also find their new book, Glad You Asked, answers to 12 tough questions about Christmas that you need answers for. Check it out at their website and pick up a copy there, r4h.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, on the broadcast today I'll visit with Kirby Anderson, the host of Point of View, another outstanding radio program that is similar to The Plum Line, and Kirby's going to discuss immigration with us from a biblical worldview. Stick around for the broadcast and reach out to me anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, Radio at gmail.com. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns. 623-537-3657. Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrator's Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for the Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm excited to be joined by Kirby Anderson. I could kind of say I'm a fan of his. I've really enjoyed his program, Point of View, over the years. He's the president of Probe Ministries and the host of Point of View, another great radio program like The Plum Line that you can find across the country on a number of stations. And so I'm looking forward to visiting with Kirby about the subject of immigration from a biblical worldview. Welcome to the broadcast, Kirby.
2: Jay, good to be with you. Looking forward to this conversation today.
1: Yeah, it's always fun having a couple of radio guys do this here. You never know quite what will transpire here. (laughs) We've both been longtime radio guys, you a little longer than me, but as I said, I've I've really appreciated the work that God has done through you, and I look forward to what he's going to bring to uh, our minds here as we discuss this important subject of immigration. And you sent me a piece here that uh, is very helpful. It's called A Biblical View on Immigration. And I would imagine, uh, can people get this doc on the probe site?
2: Well, they certainly can. It is probably best to go to pointofview.net because I produce actually a booklet each month. I've been doing this for many years. so I think we're up to about 60 different booklets on all sorts of different topics. And since you were interested in the issue of immigration, that's uh, one that you can just simply write there and say, can I get that booklet on immigration? And we can send it to individuals in booklet form or as a PDF just the way we send it to you.
1: Okay, great. Pointofview.net. I'll be sharing that a few times during the course of the broadcast here. But our subject here, immigration, and this piece, people can follow along by finding that and taking a look at it themselves here as we're going to work our way through this. And I want to start uh, really broad here by what we even mean by immigration, first of all. Well, and I guess it it kind of comes down to what's happening at our border right now.
2: Well, and again, we do have immigration laws in which we, as people come here, go through a vetting process and through various applications then when they come here they're in sort of a provisional status at which time they of course learn some things they take a citizenship test and the real goal originally with immigration was to have people assimilate into the american society we are certainly a melting pot people in that if people have come to this country from all over the world, but the goal was for individuals to, as they come here, eventually take a test on naturalization. And that citizenship test then shows that they have at least a functional knowledge of some of our history and our government. And I think in some respects, those individuals that go through that make very good citizens because Jay, I pointed out before, if you were to give that citizenship test to individuals born here, Oftentimes, they can't even pass the test. And by the way, interestingly enough, you only need to get about 60 or 70 percent of the questions right to pass the test. I wish that we had those kind of tests when I was in high school, but that's another story. (laughs) But the bottom line is, is that these are individuals that have wanted to come here, have a desire to be here, make a contribution and actually end up being very good citizens. By contrast, people that are here illegally, some of them may want to be good citizens, but we don't know uh, much about them. We are rarely vetting them, especially since they come across the border in massive numbers. And so as a result, if they are here illegally, then there's all the questions about how they can be manipulated or abused because they aren't likely to report safety hazards at a job. They're probably not likely to uh, complain about uh, low wages because they're sort of in the dark economy. And so there are some really important issues. And I think one other thing I should add, Jay, is the fact that we have made legal immigration sometimes so difficult and so long and tedious in some respects because of that, it almost becomes easier to come here illegally than to come here legally uh, because the hope eventually for those who come here illegally is that they'll eventually gain a path to citizenship, have full rights as citizens, and being able to vote. And of course, there's some political aspects to that as well. But those are the two aspects of immigration. Legal, which goes through the system, even if it is quite bureaucratic, and illegal, where we just simply get off a ship cross a border or find a way to make or your way into this country and then hope eventually that you gain some kind of citizenship because you were here and maybe even your children were born here.
1: Right. Well, so that begs the big question then, which is from a, a biblical perspective anyway, do we need to make changes then to our immigration laws? Obviously that's under the government's purview and control, but we as citizens can certainly express our, our views, but do we need to make changes?
2: I think we certainly do. As I pointed out before, since I do talk shows, sometimes I get individuals that will call in when we talk about immigration, and they'll tell us stories about being well-educated. I'll just take one example. Somebody from West Germany comes here, another one from Canada comes here, and they just go through so many tedious sort of jumping the hoops kind of bureaucratic snafus and difficulties to eventually become a U.S. citizen. They're the kind of people we want here. They have good education. They have good background. They have a good work ethic. And they want to contribute to the American society. And sometimes we just make it much more difficult. Anybody that would have any doubts about that, I just would encourage them to go down and uh, renew their driver's license and see some of the difficulties may of uh, run into just trying to do something as simple as that, or you lose your passport and all the difficulties there. Just take those kinds of frustrations you've had when you've been interacting with a federal government or a state or local government and multiply that maybe five or tenfold. And those are the kinds of problems that people who are going through legal immigration sometimes face.
1: Mm, Right. Now, on the other hand, no matter what we do to make changes there, we're still facing or up against the sin nature of man, and thus there will always be those who try to come in illegally, right?
2: Right. And I think that's where I think, as we think about this, we need to recognize, Jay, that we need to have both our biblical convictions and our biblical compassion. Our biblical convictions are certainly that we would want to recognize the importance of government. Because government is ordained of God, and so we certainly should obey government. And the reason we have government, back to the point you just made, is you have individuals who most of the time would want to follow the law, but then because of sin nature and because of greed and avarice and all sorts of other influences, uh, there is a need for government to bring about control. So, on the one hand, we certainly want to hold to biblical standards and say that anybody that is a citizen of any country should certainly obey the government unless uh, that government is commanding it to do something that is immoral or illegal. But on the other hand, in addition to our biblical convictions, we should have our biblical compassion. And that is, we also recognize that people come here because they want a better standard of living. They want to leave a country that has had civil war or has really provided no economic opportunity. And as they come here, even if they've come here illegally, we want to treat them with compassion. And so the scriptures speak to both of those issues, both our biblical convictions and our biblical compassion, the need for us to have a rule of law, but also to be compassionate towards individuals who are the alien and sojourner in the land, as they're described in the Old Testament. And so those are both important biblical principles that we need to kind of resolve as we talk about how to go forward on this issue of immigration.
1: Yeah, and that's what we're going to spend a major part of our time discussing here in this two-part series on immigration from a biblical worldview. My guest, Kirby Anderson, and Romans 13 brings up some of the prime passages concerning this. And I'm just going to read a couple of these. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct. That's <laughs> right. But too bad. And of course, there's a lot more there that I could and should read on if I had a little bit more time here, but you can look at that for yourself in Romans chapter 13. My point that I wanted to bring up or ask you about is it seems as though we have completely neglected this in regards to immigration in particular, because the situation right now is just simply allowing anyone and everyone to come in, and even though we'll say to them or threaten them with, you know, you got to come back for your court date or whatever. It may be they typically don't show up for those and nothing is done about it. So it seems like we've just completely disregarded this aspect of Romans 13.
2: And I think that is a great concern. First of all, we have to recognize that we can empathize with why individuals would want to cross our border, get off of a ship overstay their visa. There are a lot of different reasons why people are here illegally. But there are some reasons why we should have a government control the borders. And the first is, of course, national security. We have, of course, since I live close to the border in the state of Texas, I'm I'm well aware of the fact that we are finding individuals that have crossed the border who are actually on terror watch lists. And that's of concern. But in addition to that, Jay, I've written about this more recently. We have a very large group of individuals that are called SIA. That stands for special interest alien. What that means is that these are individuals that come from countries that are notorious actually as a breeding ground for terrorism and are notorious for some kind of terrorist acts. Now, it doesn't mean that those individuals are terrorists. But it does mean that they perhaps deserve more scrutiny, and yet we've heard from individuals that are in areas of expertise that most of those individuals, we record them on a sheet and then we let them into this country. So obviously there is the issue of government controlling the border because we want to protect individuals. When you talk about Romans 13, later on it goes on to say that government does not bear the sword for nothing. The sword, of course, is the idea of the sword against criminals inside the country, but also the sword of protecting foreign invaders. And when you have people coming in and you don't know who they are, you don't know where they've come from, or you find out they've come from places that are of concern, we would want that to be a function of government. But there's a second idea as well, and that is that when you bring in millions of individuals, and the estimates are at least six million just in the current administration, come across the border. Well, those individuals then, as they compete with jobs, are really affecting your ability to get a living wage because they're willing to, in many cases, work for less because they are actually kind of outside the economic system. So there are all sorts of reasons why we would certainly want to obey government, and we would want government to be involved in protecting us from people that have come here, which have different kinds of values. And that also brings us into just the the cultural issues as well. Uh, Anybody who's been watching the news lately knows that this MMA fighter, Conor, McGregor has been under some investigation because he was speaking out about the fact that there was an Algerian man that went into a school and stabbed five children, and then the government has not even acknowledged that this is an individual that came from another country, probably there illegally in Ireland, and yet there has been riots and all sorts of things because we're starting to see more and more of individuals saying that when you bring somebody here and they don't have our values, they're in a country where women are disrespected. They're more likely to rape somebody on the street. When they come to a country where life isn't quite as valuable as it is valued here in the Western world, you have the impact that that has on your culture. So there are many good reasons why we should require individuals to obey government For the very same reasons that we require individuals within this country or citizens to obey government, because if you don't, you end up with anarchy in the streets. And we're starting to see that in some pretty significant places around the country.
1: Yeah, definitely not just at the border, but it's expanded to all the places where they have bus immigrants too as well. And we'll get into that some more in just a bit. Here, going to have to go to a break, but I have a follow up that I want to come back with. And let me head to the break with this statement from Point of View dot Net. Uh, this column that you wrote on Special Interest Aliens or SIA. It says Customs and Border Enforcement flagged nearly seventy five thousand SIA between October twenty twenty two and August of this year. Just uh, phenomenal numbers that we see. And of course, you said uh, millions flooding across the border, but uh, 75,000 of those alone that are special interest aliens in less than a year span. Of time, So stick around, folks. We're going to talk about immigration from a biblical worldview more on The Plum Line. My name is Jay Rudolph. My guest is Kirby Anderson of Probe Ministries and host of Point of View. You can reach me anytime to share your thoughts or comments about the broadcast at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Remember, Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Bat at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Opendoor Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. Thanks for joining me for The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm joined by Kirby Anderson, the president of Probe Ministries and host of a radio show called Point of View. It's another great broadcast, much like The Plum Line, looks at issues and topics from a biblical worldview. And Herbie, I want to kind of pick up right where we left off before the break there and just kind of go over an example that plays out over and over and over again at our border every single day, and that is what happens when someone is captured uh, trying to sneak into the country, which most of the time they're not. (laughs) It seems like they get through a lot more frequently without being captured. But if they do, what is the typical process or what takes place?
2: Well, again, you've got two issues, and you just illustrated the fact that we have identified thousands and thousands, and I think that number is low, of what are called getaways. Now, the getaways are the individuals that did not want to be captured, and there are some reasons for that. First of all, they could be terrorists. They could be special interest aliens, which we talked about just a minute ago. They could be drug traffickers. They could be human traffickers. So the fact that we don't even catch some of those individuals is of great concern in terms of national security. But what happens to the people that are caught? Many of them actually show up expecting to be caught because they will then claim that they need asylum. They are making an asylum claim. In the past, under the previous administration, Donald Trump, you would have to make that claim in another country, which would be in Mexico. But that particular policy has been eliminated by the current president, Joe Biden. And so as a result, they report They claim that they need asylum. That's the key word. They are then registered and then allowed to go into the population with the idea that eventually they will have a court date and they're to come back and report to that court date. You know, I like to do fly fishing and catch and release is wonderful for fly fishing, but catch and release for immigration is a complete disaster because these individuals, as you might gather, Jay, do not show up for their court date. They just simply go into the culture. And for quite some time, they then just increase the population, for example, the state of Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California. But you've had some governors, the governor of Florida and the governor of Texas, both of those, but especially Greg Abbott said, well, we just can't keep all these individuals here, so we'll put them on a bus, and we'll send them to New York City because, after all, that's a sanctuary city. We'll send them to Chicago. That's a sanctuary city. We'll send them to Washington, D.C. Matter of fact, the bus stops right outside of the vice president's residence there, the Naval Observatory. And all of a sudden now, all sorts of people that before claimed that they were mayors of sanctuary cities are saying, we can't take anymore. We're not equipped to do that. And of course, people in Texas were saying, well, you can imagine how we feel. <laughs> uh, the governor in the state of Texas recognized that if you think that you can cover these, great, because you, we need to spread these across the country. Of course, the administration's been doing this as well. And then even at that, you've had situations where, let's take El Paso as a good example. The mayor there actually has, up until about a year or two ago, been a real supporter of Joe Biden. But when he had literally 20,000 illegal immigrants in his city of El Paso, Texas. He said, we we just can't even cover this. You can imagine right now, you're a listener, uh, if 20,000 people came into your city and you had to feed and house and educate all those individuals, what that means. And so we are now seeing the stress that is taking place because these individuals are processed, they're sent into different parts of the country. And the goal is for them to come back to a hearing on asylum. But I doubt they're ever going to come back. And now we have a problem that uh, won't be addressed anytime soon, because we still haven't been able to close the border. And if you have a leak in your home, you don't try to mop up the water, you try to turn off the water first. And the same thing, if we are trying to address this issue of immigration, and we still have a porous border, we still need to address that issue, and that, of course, is one of the reasons why you and I are talking about the issue of immigration and border security today.
1: Right. And on this first of a two-part series, that's kind of the last thing that I want to address here in the time we have left in this opener, and that is the issue of border security. And you address this excellently from a biblical perspective in this piece that I've been referring to that people can get a copy of at pointofview.net pointing out that uh, border security is something that God certainly not only permitted but said that we should secure our borders as nations. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 32 when the most high gave to the nations their inheritance when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples. And then in uh, Proverbs we see that they were told do not move the ancient landmark that your fathers have set. Keep that border that bound that boundary. Uh, So there are definitely reasons. Government is given the the authority to have borders for a number of reasons, right?
2: Well, certainly. And again, uh, a country without borders isn't a country. And so whether you look at the Old Testament, uh, the borders which are first uh, suggested to Abram in Genesis 12, or you look at the borders that existed during the kingdom of David or whatever it might be, borders are important. And when you have individuals that no longer honor those borders, in some respects, you no longer have a country. So that brings us back to that principle we talked about, and that is just biblical idea of the rule of law. We should expect government to control the borders, to figure out who's coming in and who is not, and to figure out who is going to be a citizen of that country and something else. So those are, I think, just kind of key biblical principles, but they're also just kind of principles of common sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and you brought up some of the cultural aspects and the economic uh, aspects as well. But we see that our society in general, as you've pointed out, just simply can't bear the numbers of immigrants that we are allowing to uh, come in across our border, encouraging even in many instances.
2: huh? Well, again, anybody that has any doubt about that, just look at the comments from the mayor of Chicago and the mayor of New York City. Both of these cities were called sanctuary cities. And now instead you're having these mayors and I'll just uh, pick on the mayor of New York city for a minute, who's actually had fewer people come into New York city than you actually had sitting there in El Paso, Texas, but nevertheless that this is just straining all the resources of this city. So if the largest city in America is straining right now under illegal immigrants in the city, just begin to understand how that has had such an impact nationwide. And I think it's a good illustration of the fact that it's real easy to say you're a sanctuary city when you aren't actually being a sanctuary city. It's quite another thing to realize the economic cost and the cultural disruption that comes when individuals who came here without the same kind of values that most Americans have and without maybe even the ability to have and find a good job the strain that that puts on city resources and we've seen that happening now in some of the major cities in america
1: Hey man, that is so well put we're going to focus our conversation on the other facet or aspect of this the compassion component that kirby brought up right at the beginning of this broadcast we'll talk about that in more detail on the next edition of the Plum line so i hope you will Join me for that. I want to mention, too, that if you maybe are just tuning in and missed the broadcast, just catching the ending here, you can find the plumb Line after it airs on the radio at places where you go for podcasts. So take Spotify, for example. Just go to Spotify, put in the Plumb Line with Jay Rudolph, and you'll be able to find it, this uh, subject, this broadcast, and many, many other topics and issues that we have discussed there at uh, Spotify. Thanks to my sponsor as well, Reasons for Hope. You can check out the station listings and more information about The Plum Line at r4h.com slash Line, And reach out to me at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com.